Arsenal puts last week's debacle behind them by returning to winning ways against bottom of the league Newcastle. Gerard also gets his second win in as many games. Liverpool scored four and kept a clean sheet in the second consecutive game. And it was all spoils shared at Stamford Bridge at United. But don't go a piece in that game. I'm true to your host on this episode, and you're listening to the Empty Stands podcast. <laughs> On today's episode, I'm joined with Bam Bam, Lekon, and Feisha. Today, United, they struggled. They went head and toes against them. Well, not, not as if they did well, but they tried to get a result in today's game. So I'll start with you, Bamji. Even though it was a draw, not a win, and not a loss at least. How are you doing today? Hi, Joe. Uh, back here again, um, talking football as we love every time. Well, it's been a good week of football. Not as interesting as last week where there were goals everywhere. Uh, two, three, three draws. We had two new new draws this week. It was one game. So the excitement was not really. Only Liverpool, but we carried the same result from last week and copied that this week. Well, yeah, for United, it was. Um, Everybody, it was a game where everybody was expecting United to lose, even though you don't use form to judge United as a show. Some goes out of the window, it's just a different game. But still, it, it, was, it was good at the end of the day, um, the result that United got, because now they can look forward to the next fixtures coming in. After the Arsenal game, there seems to be a little bit, you can, you can call it an ease as regards the fixtures that are coming compared to what we just faced in the past couple of weeks. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, good draw in the whole sense of it. Yeah, I guess Haram football was was at a... I say it was victorious today because United did leave there with at least a point. But for each other, yeah, I'm not excited about the game. Hellfire just Haram. Hellfire. Let me just stand this hellfire football. So, Felicia, I know you're disappointed about the results. Uh, well, thank you for having me here today. Uh, well, quite all right. I'm very upset, especially with the, the result. But then I was pleased with the way the team applied themselves and how they played. But then it's football. We see some of these days sometimes. So, I would definitely say it doesn't mean anything in the long run. I just believe that if this match is, if this match were, were to be played 10 times again, Chelsea will probably be victorious on nine other times. So, well, there were a lot of things to be excited for this week. One of such is the appointment of uh, Ralph, a manager I followed so much and I actually uh, appreciate so much. So, but let's see how he applies himself at Manchester United. Fantastic that you're keeping in terms of what is happening in the end of Old Trap for the draft. Ragnick coming in and he should be taking charge of that side when we face Arsenal. Leko, you know, it's it's a bit of relief. We won at Villarreal. Now, a draw with league leaders. So how are you feeling altogether? Um, first of all, 
thanks for having me on, on the pod mm-hmm. once again. It's always my pleasure discussing football with, with, with you guys. Um, like Faye said, um, the highlight for the week for me, forgetting even on today's match, was the appointment of um, Ralph Ragnick. You know, so because Ralph Ragnick, following his career over the last, say, 10, 15 years, you've seen what he has done at clubs, stabilizing them and making them punch above their weight. So bringing that kind of guy to United shows the board finally listens and they are giving, putting in an effort to do the right thing. So that, that was the highlight of my week, being a United fan. Then coming to these weekend's fixtures, it wasn't as exciting as last week. But having said that, there were still some matches that you could you know, look forward to and enjoy, like the Leicester game. Leicester finally made a U-turn from their bad form out of the first team at home. There was also the Liverpool game. They won four against Arsenal last week. They gave us another four-in match this week. Then the match of the week, the Super Sunday game against Chelsea. Um, fine, some people might say United um, came for a draw, they packed the balls, but I don't see it that way, right? Looking at how we performed in the last few weeks, the first thing any sensible coach does is to instill confidence in the team, make them compact, and from there you pick points and enter your next matches with confidence. And luckily, like um, you've also mentioned earlier, a nice one awaits Ragnik when he resumes into the job after the Arsenal games. So I'm looking forward to the next 10 to 14 matches to give my judge judgment on how this thing is going to perform this season. Thanks. Uh, nice one, Nico. It's, it's good that you mentioned the fact that United are going to face Arsenal next in the league. But Arsenal, this match week, they finally returned to winning ways. Not if they were away from it for so long, but with that horrendous display at Anfield, losing 4-0 to Liverpool, it seemed like they were going to take another turn for the worse. But it seems they're back. And they won Newcastle, who will sit now at the bottom of the league with only six points. Felicia, do you think Arsenal are on course to finish in the top four this season? Well, uh, it would be very, very unwise to say for certain that Arsenal would finish in the top four bracket, going by what they have posted in the last few matches. But really, I would say we should be cautious with them. Of course, they won against Newcastle. Newcastle are hapless. Everyone beats Newcastle this day. So, but if you look at Arsenal has performed against the so-called traditional big four, big six, it has been an horrendous performance against Chelsea. They were trashed against Manchester City. They were annihilated against Liverpool. The same thing happened. So, uh, it was only against Tottenham who were all having a mini crisis of themselves when Arsenal met them that they won. So, let's see how they fare against Manchester United. But then, I wouldn't say even if they win Manchester United that Arsenal are on course to finish in the top four brackets. Let's see what Arsenal does. I'm, I'm, in as much as this team is coming of age, I still believe that the, the Arsenal team can implode at any time. So I, I would not for certain say they are on course to finish as, on the top four bracket. That's that's the. I understand what you're saying, Teddy, but what, what pains me is the fact that you have to drag Manchester United from where they were into this conversation and say, even if Arsenal won there, they should do a rest on their laurels. But I totally understand. The form right now of United is not one to, to write home about, I guess. Anyways, at Selhurst Park, two midfield legends battled it out as Steven Gerrard and Patrick Vieira. Teams face went head to head and it was Steven Gerrard who came out on top. Again, it seems to be guessing a hang 
of the league because he has come out with two wins in as many games. It's it's, it's okay saying it's okay saying that he's adapted or he's adapting good to the Premier League straight away. But how is it seeing Ashley Young play as a forward once again? Like, how is it for you? Yeah, um, Ashley Young, right? If you follow his career, it's one, one of the reasons why he, he has lasted so long is his ability to play different positions across the field, right? He started as a winger, went back as a defender, later he has been winged back, and now he's back playing the forward position as a winger. So I was really impressed to see, like, the Ashley Young of old, the Ashley Young from Watford that made the United pay big money to bring him over. You know, so it was good seeing Ashley Young giving those attacking runs, those attacking returns and assists. It, it, might, it like takes you back 10, 15 years ago to when Ashley Young was the name on the big, uh, the big team that they wanted to sign. And on Steven Gerrard, right, he, he has like a good resume. It's, his resume is not that long, but it's been good so far for him. So it's easy to attribute this um, bounce to the new manager bounce for Aston Villa, but I respect Gerard and I think to do good things with the team this season. Yeah, the team, the team in itself looks looks like it's ready. He has the players to fill in a lot of positions, so hopefully he can get them working and firing on all cylinders to actually finish in probably top six this season, but we'll find out. Well, Liverpool, this match week, again, four past another team and this team this time this team was Southampton when they came visiting Anfield. Now in Liverpool's position just behind league leaders Chelsea. But just how good have their full backs been? Just Liverpool. But in top three teams, their full backs have produced a lot of attacking returns. Do you think that would play a major factor in how the title race pans out? Bamba, what's your take on this? Um, yeah, the only reason why Liverpool's amazing start to the season or current where they are right now has not been eroded as much as we'd have expected is because of Chelsea and Tuchel. That's the only reason. But if you look at all Liverpool have done this season, they're put in a group of death. Um, the Champions League and managed to come out of that and scattered, although they still won't win to be three. But yeah, Liverpool have done very, very well this season. And it was expected because once Virgil van Dijk came back, once you have your your to the leader of team come back in, even though he's not the captain, or once you have the leader to certain points in the team come back, everybody's head goes back to the force that this is how we used to be, this is how good we used to be. And just pushed on from that. Monetala as usual, is without scoring is getting in on the assist like he did. And they were just I don't think there's anybody else in English football right now that in the snapshots or just give him a sniff, just give him a sniff, let him sniff the opportunity. The result is going to be very next. Like he doesn't waste time with that one. And he's he shot a, a, a sharp shooter. And I mean, there's also the Thiago conversation. Thiago last year, we were calling him idea ball, but now he has to go into the uh, That's a big, I'm sure Liverpool fans are currently excited with where they are. But yeah, as we got to talk on fullback, it's very imperative because that's what football is right now. Even notice, um, majorly United fans have been trying to push, you know, one Bissaka's um, defensive prowess over the likes of Trent, but that has totally died down now. Both of them, you can't, you can't even talk about both of them in the same class because of what Trent does going forward. 
Is Cancelo are now seeing the James join the conversation? Why Juan Bissaka is behind? So, if there was any, if there was the best way or best example to answer this question is to use those three against uh, Juan Bissaka and tell you what um, the demands of modern football today want. They want full backs that go forward and jump in. Look at Lamptey for Brighton in the game against Leeds. He was. He was totally outstanding, not because of his defensive performance, but because of how much he was able to go forward to assist the team. So yeah, um, those fullbacks are, are really key, and it's if you check the top teams that are doing well, even Arsenal playing well now. Tomiyasu has been one of the very impressive performers for them this season, and he, he just goes about doing his business, defend well, but ensure that he goes forward to defend the attack. So yeah. Um, fullbacks are going to be very important this season for for anything that is assigned to win the title. Yeah, it's, it's nice that you brought Aaron Wan-Bissaka into the conversation because earlier this evening I was in a relatively heated argument about how good he is defensively. But before I went into that conversation, of course, I did mention that the modern day fullback is not necessarily judged by how good he is defensively. But that's expected from everyone, but how much you can actually add to the team going forward. And when you, when you, when you did speak, you spoke about Lamptey and his impressive performance for Brighton against Leeds. And Brighton themselves are now in ninth position, level on points with Leicester City as well as Manchester United. At the end of the game against Leeds, booze were echoed around the Amex Stadium. And I think that surprised their manager, Porter. What would you say? How impressive have they been this season? How impressive have Brighton been this season so far? I, I think everybody should be surprised about the boring. Because if there was anybody that deserved to be booed in that game was um, Mopi. Uh, so we missed so many chances. So many chances that could have put Brighton in front. I, well, I think fans are just the, um, how do I put it? Potter showed them the possibility of what could happen. I mean, with them being so high in the table earlier in the season. So I think they got accustomed to that life and forgot that you was still a mid-table team trying to break into the top 10. He's doing well. He's doing well. He, 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 he evidently and obviously has a plan that he wants to put into his team. And we see Marcel game in, game out. The Vala is that for the past couple of years is that he's not had a finisher. Mopi, Sad, Welbeck, these guys are just half finishers. Um I think Welbeck is in Watford or he's even left now. But basically the the point is these guys are just half finishers. They're not going to um give you the final and end product. You as a as a product manager you know how important it is to have the last man that delivers that finally delivers on whatever automation you're working on on any report. Brighton don't have that, and that's why they will continue to be an almost team, and why they will continue to be the face of expected goals instead of actually scoring the goals. Yeah. yeah, I think that expected goal, goal statistic is one that Brighton actually topped many teams, even many of the big teams, but they're not necessarily producing the output as, as that stat shows. However, another team who started the season impressively and their top scorer in the person of, of Antonio 
Mikel Antonio. He broke the record for highest goal scored by their player, which was 51. He then broke it to 52. And for some reason, his shooting boots or scoring boots have gone missing. Now West Ham find themselves in fourth position, 23 points, that's six off the top. But do you really think they would continue in this form and finish in top four? Or with back-to-back defeats and Antonio not scoring, do you think their chances are just dwindling away? Leko, what's your take on that? The, the, the truth about West Ham's um, situation is uh, they were always bound to go through a rough patch, right? And how, how they bounce back is what we in if they handle with the big boys or not. So I, I'm not surprised this is happening to West Ham at this point. But uh, I, I will say that I still expect them to finish within the top time to begin next season. I just feel top four will just be a, a step too far for them again this season. Um, I'll, I'll still credit David Moyes for the job he has done. And as for Antonio, I'm, I'm not too worried about his um, lack of goal scoring. Because if you actually look at West Ham games, Antonio brings much more than goal scoring to the team. He's one of those strikers that works relentlessly for his team. You see Muslim defenders hustling for the team, you know, providing assists and all that. So I believe as long as Antonio stays away from his usual injuries, he will definitely get back to his scoring boots pretty soon. Yeah, so I hope so too because my FPL has actually suffered a whole lot because I still have Mikel Antonio in my team and he starts every match week for me. So I hope he does start scoring more often. But one man who struggled for with, with his first 13 games trying to find the back of the net or contributing to the goals, but now has two goals in two games, the man Jaden Sancho. There's a reason why United were able to get one point at the bridge where the game ended 1-0 and points were shared by both teams. Faisal, uh, how, how did you see that performance by Chelsea? I understand it's not the results you wanted, but what's your take on the performance? Oh, thank you very much. Chelsea played a very good game, a very, very, very impressive game. And I was very, very impressed with Chelsea on all quarters, except the fact that they, they were unable to put their chances away. I mean, they had 24 shots as against United's three shots. They had 66% of possessions. And the most impressive way Chelsea dealt with United was that they knew quite well that United set up to counter them and they snuffed out all counter-attacks before it even developed. Of course, they scored a fortuitous goal, which bounced awkwardly off Jorginho's knee. Aside that very moment, there was no moment of scare that Chelsea saw. Uh, probably the offside call that uh, this bowed uh, referee, Anthony, did not make, which could have been a decisive goal at the end of the day. But then, thank God, it was not the way. So like I said, nine out of ten times, if Chelsea plays this way, they would win the game. They were just profligate, although I had two great chances. Anthony Rudiger was supposed to win the game in the last minute with a big chance, which is which he also ballooned away. So this is football at its best, not United's tactical ingenuity, not because they were played out of the uh, park, but then they got an impressive one point, which is good for them. It's as good as Chelsea losing today, but I would say this match today would not have any bearing on Chelsea's 
uh, season uh, as a whole. So I'm impressed with how Chelsea play, and I know if they continue like this, it's it's a matter of uh, time before they start blitzing teams away. And one of the key things that I also enjoyed was Lukaku. When Lukaku came into play today, Chelsea looked more hungrier and they looked like scoring than when he was not on pitch. So it's all good times. I believe if we can get Lukaku scoring, Chelsea will win this league. Mm, that's, that's an audacious claim, even though Chelsea sits right at the top of the league at this time, one point away from City and two points ahead of Liverpool. Looking at the haram setup that United came up with today, Bamiji, how was that for you? And if you were to, to select the 11 for that team, would that have been your ideal 11? Um, one thing, I don't carry it in the, in the United States for much longer. And I was happy that we finally got the announcement that Ralph was coming in first. But one thing Carrick has done is try to strike him. And I think that's not bad because you cannot keep beating a dead rat and things like that. That's what Uli was doing. He kept on beating a dead rat, using the same formation that was not working. What you need to do is switch it up in that case. That's why I demand that you need to check. What are my players' weaknesses? How can I help my players? Soldier didn't do that. Fred and McTominay are two midfielders, probably one of the worst combinations for any team that aims or wants to be the best in their land. Because one day, they will never give you control. And one thing big club should have is control. So it's not, it's not, um, it's not quadratic equation or it's not anything. It's just a simple, what do I need to put in? Fine, the midfield has been suffering. The defense has no shield. Let me get damage you choke a little bit. I used to be in midfield. So using to be in midfield today wasn't bad, but I felt the, the personnel used was still not good enough. Matic wasn't bad, but if you can have a match spread and Van der Beek in the middle, I think it's the best in terms of balance for United because you have Matic who's going to calm things down. They put Fred a little bit next to him so he can do the running around that he's good at. I immediately want to get the ball, but give it to Matic. Matic is now going to find Van der Beek in positions where he can connect the ball best. We've seen him link up with Jason Sancho so well that the man currently on form. So once once uh, Matic, Fred has done the dirty work, Matic gets the ball immediately and tidily passes to Van der Beek. He, he does what Van der Beek does best. He's not a 10. Using him as a 10 when there's still no control at the middle of the pitch is basically a waste of time. The times he played at, as a 10 for um, Ajax, he had De Jong, and that's one of the best um, ball retainers in world football. So you, you, need, you need to create the perfect balance um, in the United team, at least up until when we can get... Everybody was begging for a DM, but we didn't get one. But at least you need to do what you can do until you have the opportunity to change it. So, yeah, I would use the three in midfield. The issue is what happens to Bruno Fernandes. But at the meantime, I don't mind United rotating so much. That's what we need to do. They, nobody plays so well enough that they should be done. They start beating with us. Nobody work for it. Pep has done it for City. You can see Maris will not play for weeks. Well, come back and he stayed two games in a row. That's how it's meant to be. If you're on form, they're going to play. But one thing that was done in this game, 
Trey was in this game. United would have lost by four goals over Maguire. If I Maguire in this game, United are losing this game. I'm hundred percent exaggerating, but still, whoever is coming in needs to find a way to stop making it so important for the team. Yeah, because the truth is, it, it goes off way too much for someone that we expected a lot from. Lindelof is not my piece of cake, but honestly. Him and Bani are much better than Maguire coming in there. That's what I believe. And um, hopefully for Ralph, he comes in and he, he reads out those that are not ready to work because of his pressing system. And United can finally look forward to the future and say, okay, this is how we're going to be. Oh, yeah. Harry Maguire is actually, his, his performance for United since bef- just before and after the Euros have actually been a bit better. I think he had a very bad start to last season as well. So you cannot you cannot be that inconsistent when you're the leader of the line. And as Ralph is coming in, like you mentioned, probably Harry Maguire is still suspended for the next game. Maybe defenders uh, start pressing a lot and to and they get him um, to take a claim for that position and not necessarily see Harry for for quite a while. Anyways, we know Ralph is coming in. Um, probably next week or this week rather. And he's going to start getting, we're going to start working immediately. And the question now is, with him coming in, do you think United can salvage the top four finish this season? Because that's one of the things that will guarantee the European football next season or Champions League football to be precise. Lekho, what's your take on this? Um, um, I'm, I'm happy the board finally acted. Though we, we the fans, shouted on them taking action and it took them a while, but I'm finally they acted and not just acted, but got the right guy, I believe, that United needs at this point in time. Um, with regards United making the top four, I, I don't think we will just salvage it. I think we will make it and make it conveniently, right? You can, you, you can take this to the bank. Because given Ragnick coming in, it coincides with one of our best um, fixture runs during the season. I think from um, game week 14 to game week 25, that's spanning from December to like early February, United has, you know, quote unquote, what we call favorable runs. I believe after this um, span with the new coach coming in, we should comfortably be in top four and even chasing down the person in third position after this run. So, yeah. It might sound overconfident now, but I know the team I have. I know the coach we are bringing in. So top four is something I'm quite sure we'll make. And if you look at it, it's just five points away from there now with 25 matches to go. Come on. It's, it's United we're talking about. We'll definitely make it. Mamiji, are you as confident as Nikon is on for United hopes for a top four finish? Yeah, I, I want to because I, I believe the quality we have, especially in attack, although there's still the Ronaldo conversation, which I feel is for another day, I feel that a good manager that has that squad should be able to do something. He comes in, he goes on a good run, he get back into the conversation. Not necessarily into it, but into the conversation. There are three people that look sure, sure as they, but the question is that the last spot is going to get anybody in terms of quality of Called in the in the league, United should be. But so that question of how quickly can Ralph come in and increase that policy for United, and from then on, we'll probably save. Totally hope so as well. And 
with everything on paper, it looks like United should be making top four. Anyways, we've come to the end of this episode of the Empty Stands podcast. Thank you, Zekon, Kreisha, and Bamam for joining me on this one. For our listeners, do remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on any platform you listen on. And follow us on Twitter at The Empty Stands and on Instagram at The Empty Stands Podcast. Here's wishing your teams good results and just enjoy the time because it's about to be a bumpy back-to-back ride in the Premier League. Cheers and bye for now. Bye, thanks. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.